You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Talking the Star Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy, joined by my co-host today, Joey Ikes. We were not with you guys last week as me and Joey both had work emergencies that we kind of had to deal with. So uh, we skipped a week and I don't think we missed a whole lot. I guess our only housekeeping is that the Cowboys did sign uh, Ben Banigou, the former TCU edge rusher who I liked a lot coming out of college. And I thought he's had a relatively solid NFL career as a backup, but uh other than that, I think that's about it, and it's been a slow off season, which is always a good thing, knock on wood, with this team because we've dealt with a lot of not-so-slow things in the offseason uh, for a while. But uh, we're going to talk some corners and safeties today. That's really the last position group in our positional series we've been doing this offseason. But before we do, Joey, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Like you said, we, we both have, uh, unfortunately, have real life, as, as some of my <laughs> friends call it, big big boy jobs that we have to attend to every now and then. Uh, that get in the way of the fun stuff like this, but we're glad to be back. And um, yeah, this corner and safety group is uh, it's, it's fun. And it's going to be really interesting to see how, how it plays out this year for sure. This is by far. And I, I want to emphasize by far the most confident I've felt in this corner room um, and safety room for that matter in a long time. Um, the corners are all like, we've always, appreciated i think i feel like the people who i've never been like a massive anthony brown fan but for being a six-round pick i think you can appreciate the efforts that he brought to the table for for most of his career like we appreciate jordan lewis um but from a depth and top end talent perspective this corner room is absolutely loaded and that's with guys like nation wright and kelvin joseph who really haven't developed into the players we thought they would be or could be coming out of college um but man like to have Trayvon Diggs and Stefan Diggs be your boundary corners with whether that's Jordan Lewis or Deron Bland in the nickel, that's just three high-level, you know, you could argue two top seven-ish corners and then a, a nickel corner who's a very productive player. So I'm really excited to see how this quarter group performs in uh, 2023 for sure. Yeah, absolutely. One of, like, my core tenets of beliefs about football is that when you have a problem with a position group, even when you have problems in the middle of the depth chart of a position group, you don't fix it by adding more guys to the middle of the depth chart. You fix it by adding to the top of the depth chart. And then it kind of pushes everybody down. We saw it at wide receiver this year. You add Brandon Cooks, and now everybody sort of slots in. And we saw it in 2018 where it happened immediately, like overnight. They had problems at wide receiver, you know, one through three. They add a wide receiver one, and now all of a sudden the whole rest of the offense – just kind of fits 
with the rest of the uh, with it, it all fits and falls in place. And so when you add Stefan Gilmore into this defense, you almost have to call it alongside Trevon Diggs. Like <clears throat> they're maybe going different directions in their career, but they are both, like you said, probably top seven. Worst case scenario, nobody in the world is going to say that these two guys are worse than top 10 to 12 corners in the league. Like even the, the biggest naysayers are going to say, are going to agree to that. Yeah, no, those doubt. are, I mean, those are your boundary I, corners. Like that's nuts. Right. And that, that's the thing is like for years, it's been digs and then up and down play of Anthony Brown or digs and, you know, rookie year of Deron Bland. Like you haven't had, just two consistent presence at corners in on on the boundary in a, in a while, um, and I think that's what makes it so exciting. And, and you know, you kind of mentioned it. Like, I think if you're realistically looking at like the career arcs, you can say that Stefan Gilmore is probably on the downside, and Trayvon Diggs is on the upside. But I mean, you you turn on Stefan Gilmore's tape from last year, like that dude can still play at a borderline elite level when he's healthy and locked in. And, you know, again, he played on Indy last year. Like, he was planning on going there and competing to, to be a playoff contender, and that team fell apart really quick. So you get him in a situation where he's around a loaded defense with the whole roster that's ready to kind of take that next step and go for not only the playoffs, but NFC Championship, Super Bowl aspirations. Like, I think you're going to have a pretty special, special show. And a lot of people, you know, Stefan Gilmore's one of those guys where a lot of people have kind of been like, oh, he's not, he's not what he used to be, where I think that's probably the lazy fan take. But when you turn on the tape and you see a guy who's who's still playing at, like I said, that borderline elite level, I just I think this special this this group's gonna be special this year on defense, but especially at the corner and in that set the secondary spots for sure. Yeah, absolutely. When you think about like, okay, how are how are we gonna deploy the cornerbacks schematically and the, the defensive backs as a whole schematically to be able to maximize these talents. Right. And there's the, you know, there's the, the old Seattle method, which is, you know, Dan Quinn comes from that where these guys are going to play their sides and they're going to be, you know, Diggs will play one side and Gilmore will play the other side. And it doesn't matter where the other wide receivers go. They're just going to stick there. That's where Dan Quinn comes from, but we've seen Dan Quinn move right. guys around. We've seen Diggs line up in the slot on top receivers, all that other kind of stuff. And then there's like this sort of famous Bill Belichick sort of method of, okay, we're going to take our best man-to-man cover corner and we're going to put him on your second best receiver and take that guy out completely. And then we're going to take our other corner and we're going to put him on – your number one receiver and we're going to give we're going to put him in cloud coverage we're going to give him safety help over the top and I just I can picture in my mind Stefan Gilmore just locking down some team's poor number two like just put <laughs> Stefan Gilmore on um on Devontae in um Devontae Smith yeah I couldn't I was I wanted to say Adams but I was talking about <laughs> Philadelphia on Devontae Smith and let that let that situation happen and then put digs on AJ Brown with Malik Hooker or Donovan Wilson or, or uh, Javon Curse over the top. And now teams are teams for a long time have just said, okay, we're just not going to throw at Trevon Diggs, right? Because even the even the number two guy against Anthony Brown was a decent enough matchup that Brown was a, a good player, but he was a little bit more up and down, like you said. The, the up and down nature meant there was opportunity over there. 
So we're just not going to throw it at Trayvon Diggs very often unless we absolutely have to. But now if you get to put Diggs on a team's number one that you know they want to funnel targets to, and you get the, the solid play on Gilmore of the number two, and you get to give Diggs some safety help over the top where he can then go play like crazy aggressive to go get the ball. Like that's how you create a 14 takeaway season for Trayvon Diggs this year is by doing stuff like that. And then like you mentioned, the guys in the nickel, like they're lucky in that Jordan Lewis isn't a guy you want to play outside (laughs) full time, but he's done it in his career and started games out there and played out there a lot. Deron Bland went out there as soon as Anthony Brown got hurt and became your other outside corner whenever they were only in two corner situations. And then even even as they got further into the playoffs and stuff and sort of figured out the best method was to leave Bland outside and use Curse and McQuamu and stuff like that on the inside, um, Bland's capable of playing outside. So if this is really a cornerback group that Gilmore has moved around throughout his career, Diggs has moved around in his time in Dallas, And both of the guys who will primarily sort of major inside in the slot have played inside out too. And so like this top three or four corners, super flexible, really dynamic. And we know every one of these guys could take the ball away. It's been in their nature for their whole career. So it's going to be, it's going to be a really, really fun group to watch. And the Cowboys have been pretty simple structurally from a coverage standpoint. And when you have this kind of talent, you can really do that and still get really great results. Yeah, and I mean that—that's what was like the Achilles heel for the Cowboys last year, going through the playoffs. Is it was like, how are they going to be able to defend, defend Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? And don't get me wrong, they did that pretty—they did that pretty well in that first round of the playoff game. But it was always down the stretch into the playoffs, like who's going to be that? Because because Deron Bland, while he was impressive last year, he started kind of struggling there towards the back end of the season, um, you know, and, and had some some games where he was kind of getting beat and. It's a rookie. It's a, a late round rookie. That's you know you expect that to happen. But now you just have, like I said, he, knock on wood, it doesn't happen. But even if Gilmore or Diggs does miss time with injury, well then cool. You put Deron Bland in year two on the outside with the other guy and Jordan Lewis in the slot. You got McQuamu who can play the slot, and then we get into the guys like Kelvin Joseph and Nation Wright, who you know last year they were your third and fourth corners, and now it's like shoot, there's a there's a there's a way that neither one of those guys make the roster if guys like Eric Scott and some of these young guys show up and are ready to play. Um, and, it, you know, depending on what they do with McQuamu. McQuamu was a starting nickel in the, the playoffs last year. So, like, yep. you're going to get in a spot where if McQuamu is going to be your full-time, you know, be a full-time corner or a guy who's going to play both of those roles, do they go a little bit lighter at corner to carry, you know, an extra lineman or an extra – receiver whatever that is they can have McQuamu be your fourth safety and your fourth nickel um and if that happens is there a situation where the the guys they kind of carry is Stefan Gilmore, Trayvon Diggs, Jordan Lewis, Deron Bland, Israel McQuamu, Eric Scott and then you might have one of the guys stick around Nation Ryder, Kelvin Joseph so I mean I I I I, I would be stunned if neither one of those guys are on the roster come roster cut down time but um I do think there's a way that that could happen if if everybody stays healthy and performs well this offseason, because it hasn't been the bumpiest of rides uh, for for Kelvin Joseph, obviously. And then Nashawn Wright, we all felt was picked really high, much higher than he should have been picked. And that's kind of been the results we've seen on the field is he hasn't really blossomed to the player that they hoped he thought he would be. So um, I, I'm really excited to see, like I said, the competitions there, the the top end talents there, the depths there. So 
it's going to be a really fun offseason to see how these corners kind of sort themselves out and who ends up sticking and who ends up maybe uh, finding a new home at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, if we talked about the top four of the cornerback group is pretty set. And then they have Eric Scott that they picked this year. We know they like to keep their rookie their rookie picks, even if they're late-round picks. I mean, they traded a pick next year into the draft to get this guy. You know, there's the first round, first few weeks of taking first-team reps in the OTAs and mini camps. And, you know, we'll see how the drumbeat continues as we go through camp. But, you know, that's five corners right there that you feel pretty right. confidently are going to make the team. Now, maybe Kelvin Joseph – playing in this new role where he's playing some nickel and some safety and some of that kind of stuff. They look at him and go, we've got him under contractual control for cheap for two more years. Jordan Lewis is on the last year of his deal and he's more expensive. If they're about the same at that role, then they probably keep Joseph over Lewis. And then you still wind up with, I mean, you've got five cornerbacks plus CJ Goodwin. That's six cornerbacks right there. Maybe you play some roster games with Goodwin going, you know, with the way they've done it before um, at the, the cut down day and everything. But once you sort of boil it down for week one, you're probably looking at those four guys or those five guys in some combination with either Lewis or Joseph and then Scott and Goodwin. And that's probably your six corners. And then you have McQuamu, who really probably is the guy who dresses as that flex corner safety uh, on, on game day because because one of those guys probably doesn't dress uh, probably Scott doesn't dress during the during the first few weeks of the season or something like that unless he's just a huge contributor on special teams or something so um, it's going to be a really cool group to see it materialize through camp because it's really easy to see on a training camp field how corners are playing it's hard a lot of times for these media guys to evaluate how offensive linemen are playing and how you know, linebackers are even playing. Like we'll see, we'll hear about a linebacker making a bunch of plays and then they don't get any playing time in the preseason and they don't make the team. And it's because they're out there freelancing on the practice field and it's making plays, but it doesn't fit in the structure of what they want them to do. So they're not actually, they're not actually moving themselves up the depth chart by playing well. These cornerbacks, it's pretty easy to see whether they're playing well or not because of because of the nature of the position. So it'll be it'll be really fun to be able to see this stuff materialize. You know, we're only a little over a month from training camp now. So it's uh it's gonna be cool to watch this happen. Yeah, I mean I think the good thing is is the reports from you know minicamp and OTAs and all that stuff was that you know this defense and especially the secondary looks great. You know, they're making it tough on these receivers and making it tough on Dak and the backups and you know, you were seeing things where they were picking the ball off. They were making plays on the ball in the air. Like, you know, guys like Eric Scott, you mentioned him. Like, he got a lot of praise coming out of camp, started getting first-team reps. Like, that's awesome. Um, and, and again, like, that's stuff that, you know, while it is the offseason, like, there's substance to that because they're still going up against, you know, quarterback receiver. It's not like you can – like you said, it's not like you could freelance like you do at linebacker sometimes and and, and, and kind of guess right. You know, you're, you're having to play man-on-man and – one-on-one reps, seven-on-seven to where it's you and the man across from you. So those guys, you know, having success there are great. But, um, no, I'm not, like, you know, kind of the topic of, you know, the theme here is that just we think that this group is has a chance to be very special. Um, and, again, it starts with those top two guys, Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore. But, you know, I, I think even with the injury stuff and the price tag, like I think if Jordan Lewis is healthy, like I think he's – He's a quality nickel. You got Deron Bland, who's coming off a great year one and and hoping he can maybe take that next step in year two. So you just 
right there, there's four quality corners. And then you mentioned guys like Nation Wright, Kelvin Joseph, McQuamu, Eric Scott. Like the cutdowns are going to be tough there for sure. And, and CJ Goodwin's going to make the roster. Um, so you're either going to be carrying seven corners with CJ Goodwin or six corners with CJ Goodwin. So the cutdowns are going to be tough, but I think it's all going to be competitive and it's going to be good. It's not like you're cutting. It's not like you're cutting down like they have in years past where you're not even sure if that fourth or fifth guy is like an NFL player. Like you're, you're cutting down guys now to get to five or six, um, possibly even seven, where it's like, hey, we feel like all of these dudes could start if we need them to. And that that's always a positive thing. Yeah, there's two different kinds of tough cut down days. One is where you have <laughs> one or two decent corners and you're trying to piece together three, four and five and you don't know who to cut because they're all terrible and you don't know right. who to cut. That's tough to cut down. Or there's this that's tough to cut down where it's like, man, we got four established guys that we know can all start, plus we have a safety who can start if we need him to, plus we have a second and third round pick going into their third year that aren't guaranteed locks, and we've got this pro bowl, all pro level special teamer who technically is a corner, so how, how do we fit that in the depth chart like? And we have this fifth round pick that we drafted this year that we really like. Like that's a tough cut down for a completely different reason. For a much better, you'd rather much rather have this tough cut right. down than the yeah. other way. Especially with guys like Goodwin, who you can play the roster game with a little bit because his contract is so small that if you cut him, you take you know a hundred thousand dollars in dead money or something like that because you cut him, and then you just like, hey, hang around for forty eight hours. We'll bring we'll sign you right back, or we'll put him on the practice squad, but still pay him the full amount. You know, you can play those roster games and be able to get a, an extra spot or two on the depth chart. Uh, and that's going to be really key and really important here um, on this corner depth chart for sure. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I mean, the, we'll, you know, go into the next part. The crazy thing is too, is like for so long, the safety room was ugly. You, you didn't know if you had one starter, much less two. And now it's like, while I think Malik Hooker was probably the most underwhelming guy out of this group, like Malik Hooker's proven over the last couple of years, like he's a quality player. Donovan Wilson um, has, has made a huge um, – has made huge strides over the last couple of years in playing his versatile role. Uh, McQuamu's gotten some time. J. Ron Curse has obviously been a really good player in the role he's asked to play. Marquise Bell um, is an intriguing player that, you know, was a rookie last year, undrafted free agent rookie who, who got some time and impressed and then – Again, the depth there, like Tyler Coyle's an athletic special teamers uh, guy, and then Sheldrick Redwine's a guy that has NFL experience, um, has started some games in the NFL, and I thought he was a, a bit of an underrated quality signing this year too. So this group is deep as well, and it has talent at the top, and it's got guys who can play multiple roles and do multiple duties. And I think that at that position especially, you have to have safeties nowadays that it, it just it, it's not – it's not like it used to be where you had your strong safety and your free safety. Like nowadays you've got safeties who are moving down in the box. They're playing right around the line of scrimmage. They're covering guys in the slot. They're playing single high. They're playing too deep. Like they're doing so many different roles that having these guys with that versatility to be able to play multiple spots and multiple alignments, multiple different, you know, responsibilities and duties. It just, it, it makes it so much easier on the coordinator and the way that defense flows. And I think a lot of that is thanks to the safeties, you know, and you hate to, like I said, you know, like safety is a position that doesn't seem to have a ton of value nowadays, but when you can make things on the back end easier because your safeties have that much versatility, like it just it makes things so much easier for Dan Quinn and the way he wants to run things. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so I have the some 
I've got some coverage data here for the Cowboys from 2022. They were in single high, so cover one, cover three, and some variation thereof on about 60 or about, excuse me, about 55 or so percent of their coverage snaps last year. Whether that was traditional cover one, traditional cover three, three seam where one of the underneath defenders is dropping into the seam a little more, you know, one double, all these, all those sorts of things. So about 55% of the time. Um, And so when you have, when you play that tendency and so they were, and they were in cover two for about 20% of the time. So they were predominantly a cover one, cover two, cover three team. They're not a team that plays a ton of quarters. They're not a team that plays a ton of cover zero or, you know, cover six or all, all these other coverages, these mixed coverages. They are a relatively traditional, simple coverage team. Um, and when you play that way, like you mentioned, Malik Hooker is probably the most underwhelming. But if you don't have Malik Hooker, you can't play 55% right. um, single high in this, envi- in this NFL environment. You can't play 55% single high and have one of the best defenses in the league without Malik Hooker because it's like I mentioned with Stephon or with Trayvon Diggs earlier is that he wants to play aggressive and he knows that with a guy like Hooker back there, even if he plays aggressive and makes a mistake, even if it's a gain, Hooker's going to be back there. He's going to make the tackle, right? Having that guy back there who's very solid, even if he's a little bit underwhelming, is extremely valuable. And then you combine that with what Donovan Wilson and J. Ron Curse bring to the table. And, you know, we talk about J. Ron Curse as a safety. He's technically listed as a safety on the depth chart. He goes to the DB meetings. That dude's a linebacker. Like, he is – they play a ton of dime. I don't have that data in front of me for their defensive personnel groups. But they play a ton of dime where they have six defensive backs on the field. And the way they do it is they really play a big dime and J. Ron Curse is playing linebacker. So it's really nickel, but they're using J. Ron Curse and Leighton Van Resch as the linebackers. And so having that and then still having Donovan Wilson, a safety who for the early part of his career played a ton of free safety, now is being and now has the opportunity to sort of be that move. He's to me, and I have an affinity for the way he plays the game and have for a long time and appreciate him. And uh, uh, there, You could go find tweets from 2016 when he's at A&M, and I'm saying you could put that dude number 30 – or you could put that dude on my football team anytime uh, <laughs> from, from A&M. And so, like, he is almost the chess piece that makes the whole thing special on the back end because he can – line up and cover a tight end one-on-one. He can blitz off the edge and get six sacks or something like that in a season. He can – he's one of those guys the ball just finds him, and he's, like, almost always there and ready and willing to make the really big play. And he's he's got to do a little bit better job being reliable as a tackler because he's going in for the freaking – he's trying to knock Dalvin Cook's soul out every time there's somebody running up which is right. an, an important part to this defense. But he he is really what sort of makes it special in the middle of the field on the back end 
is having him and being able to deploy him all over the place and having Malik Hooker and J. Ron Curse also on uh, available is what facilitates Donovan Wilson to be who he is and what facilitates Trayvon Diggs to be who he's been and what keeps Leighton Vander Esch from being put in really bad coverage situations that you don't want him to be in at this point in his career because he just doesn't move like he used to. Um, having those guys there makes such a huge difference for this defense. And like you said, in general, it seems like safeties are a little undervalued because there's so much too high being played and there's so much uh, quarters and stuff like that being played where these safeties are uh, a little less valuable because they're more interchangeable. But when you have good ones, holy cow, it makes a difference. Um, and so it's, uh, it, it's, it's really special, to be honest, to have that group. And then you add Israel McQuamu behind it and Marquise Bell, who they like a lot. And you mentioned Tyler, like, I remember there were years when we were like, Marquise Bell's the best safety on the Cowboys <laughs> roster. Like, like there were years where, you know, like I'm old enough to remember the unicorn, Matt Johnson, who came out yep. of, you know, who played on a red turf field at Eastern Washington. And like, we were all excited about him and that guy could play, but you know, got hurt and all that kind of stuff. Like, this is a whole different world in terms of safeties for the Cowboys. And it's uh it's cool to see as somebody who has for a long time appreciated safety play. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, you 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 touched on a lot of those top end guys a lot. You know, J Ron's curses, versatility, you know, being able to kind of move all the way around, up and down the 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 formations and alignments and playing back, playing up, playing middle of the defense, like like you said, it's hard to even consider him a safety with how much he plays at or around the line of scrimmage and sometimes even lining up and, and those, you know, middle linebacker alignments. Like he he does a lot of things that just frees up the rest of the defense and Donovan Wilson's ability to play all over. Malik Hooker, you know, is more your traditional free safety. But um, I mean, you mentioned his name there a little bit, but like Israel McQuamu, he's a guy that last year like didn't get much playing time and then the playoffs, they were like, Oh yeah, you're gonna be our starter now. And while he was playing more of a nickel role, like I think he he was one of the most impressive players on that back end of the playoff run that, you know, nobody was talking about. Just like his ability to not play it all that year and then slide in and pretty much – I'm not saying he saved the season, but the stuff he did in coverage out of the slot when the cornerback situation was just not clean looking was – I'm not – like I said, I, don't, I hate to say save the season, but it, it, it made you feel a lot more comfortable going in those last few games and then the playoffs with what he was able to do. So if he can make another, you know, little jump, then like I said, it's just this, this, this corner room, the safety room, it's just it's, – it's truly loaded and it's going to make the guys up front, it's going to make the DeMarcus Lawrences and the Micah Parsons and the Sam Williamses and the Dorrance Armstrong, all those guys, it's going to make their jobs – even easier and even more productive just because they're going to give them plenty of time to get home and create disruption up front. So it's uh this defense is set up. Like I said, if they could add another linebacker to the, the group, I, I'd be excited about that. But um, other than that, it's just from a talent top in and then from a depth perspective, it's just not many holes in this defense, which, which is really what gets this thing excited because we think the offense is going to be much better than it was last year with some additions on the, the uh, offensive line and, uh, it receiver, but man, this defense, it, it got even scarier than what it was last year. And we think it could really take that next step. And that next step could be, could be what, you know, what's able to maybe make up for some of the slack that this team has missed over the last couple of playoff runs and years. It's, it's, you had been in the playoffs. 
Yeah, and Israel Mukwamu, there there have been years in the time that we've been doing this in relation to the Cowboys where if a guy had a few games like Israel Mukwamu had towards the end of the year, he would be all anybody talked about on the defensive side of the ball for the Cowboys for the next six, eight months, all the way through the offseason until training camp. Because what he did at the end of the year was remarkable. And yet here we come back to the offseason <laughs> and he's the fourth safety and, you know, the fourth or fifth corner if he winds up back there. And, like, it's just remarkable the level of depth that they've built in the back seven of this defense um, to where he's almost – I'm not going to say he's an afterthought, but he's like a he's like a sprinkle of something extra on the top. You know, Louisiana, right. they call it lanyard, like just a little <laughs> extra. Like, just something extra to make it better. Like, we the safety group would be really good with Donovan Wilson, Malik Hooker, and J. Ron Curse, but – Oh yeah, we've also got this six three or six four former cornerback who could come in and play in the slot and defend any any tight end or wide receiver you want to put in the slot and man coverage. And he's our fourth safety. He's our seventh or eighth defensive back off the depth chart if you line them all up. And and he is a guy who in a lot of places would be lined up in a lot of seasons in Cowboy in recent Cowboys history, would be like penciled in in really dark lead that he was going to be a starter. And now he's the, he's the fourth safety. And that's uh that's pretty remarkable for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, that is, uh, that's all we got for today. Like I said, we're going to come back next week, talk about some of these special teams guy, and then really get a, a grip. Like I said, we'll, we're about, we'll be about a month out next week for training camp. So we'll really start counting down the training camp. We're going to talk about these special teams guy. I guess that's the one position on this roster we have the most questions about right now. That's kicker. And we've talked about that plenty. Like, really, it probably doesn't matter. But we're still going to talk about it. Um, Not a whole lot to talk about right now. Um, So we'll go through our special teams guys next week. Really get that countdown to training camp rolling. And um, that's that's all we got for today. Like I said, you guys keep tuning in. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed to the Blogging Boys podcast feed on whatever podcast platform you listen on. Make sure you're leaving your, your ratings, your reviews. Leave us some comments on there. Let us know what you want to hear, what you want us to talk about with you guys as well. We thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week. We'll talk to you soon.